Hey guys, welcome to episode 60 of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fountas. With me is... Eric Sanchez. Eric, how is it going today? We're off to a great start. We are. We, we just had some technical issues with the microphones and everything, and hopefully everything's sounding okay now. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, I'm talking a good morning. I, we got up early. Yes. Over here, watching yes. wrestling. So this week's show was inspired by the fact that on this Saturday... WWE is going to Australia for the Super Showdown at a giant outdoor stadium. Mm-hmm. And I was like, when was the last giant outdoor stadium show outside the U.S.? And I'm sure there, I mean, off the top of my head, I couldn't think of one other than SummerSlam 92. So we took a look back at it. And Eric came over this morning and we watched it together. So this is a first for the show. We literally just watched it, just finished up the show. Yeah. Now we're going to break it down and review it. We've got some fun little tidbits from Bret Hart's book and some fun little commentary from us as always. It'll be a good time. You got it. If you're not following us on Twitter, guys, please do. We're at PPW Podcast. If it's your first time listening, you can go on there to find out all about show infos and funny wrestling pictures and collections and all the other great stuff that the wrestling Twitter community tends to share. Uh, head to SoundCloud, to sub- or and you can listen to us there, or subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, whatever your favorite podcast app is, you can find us there. Head to whatamaneuver.net, and if you want to pick up a T-shirt, we're the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast store. And if you want to send us a long-form note question, either send me a DM or ppwpodcast at gmail.com. Anything going on in your world of wrestling, collection, toys, any other thing, fun stuff for you before we get started in the main show today? Um, nothing lately. I mean, I did come across some stuff in my shed. Put that up on Twitter. The What would you put for people that haven't seen it? The uh, WWF Classic cards from 1990 or Yeah, I think it was 90. So I wasn't sure what they were because, well, I knew what they were. I'm saying they were in plastic sleeves mm-hmm. or uh, whatever they call it. Like trading cards. Yeah, trading card sleeves. But they were in the shed being super hot, being super cold over the years. They kind of stuck together. Mm-hmm. So when I pulled the first sheet off, I thought it was the first sheet, but it was actually two sheets stuck together. So I didn't know I had one through nine because when I looked at the back of it, it was like Greg Valentine number 10. I'm like, oh, I don't have a complete set. But as I was going through them and peeling them apart, I had one through 150. And I still didn't know if it was a complete set. So I looked online, and it is one through 145 is a complete set, and there are five bonus yeah. cards. The one thing no. I am missing is the binder. Okay. The blue binder. Yes. And I have that up, and I could put a picture of it later. But if I could find that for pretty cheap, I think that would make like a, that collection just like complete for me. When did you – were these like a – these cars, do you remember when you got them? Did you get them like week by week over time at the grocery store? Or was this like someone gets you like a whole box of them? No, I, I would go to, well, I li- let's say 167th Street is what I lived on, and there was a place called Family Pantry. It was like a convenience store yeah. on 171st. So, I mean, it was within walking distance when I was in uh, grade school, junior high. Like, I would walk. Whatever age was cool, like, you can go walk by yourself or leave the house by yourself. Yeah. Like, I would go. And maybe with like $5 or whatever. And they had like an arcade there. Not an arcade, but two or three arcade machines. Mm-hmm. They had a little video store attached to it. And they also had just like convenience store stuff. So if you needed like, I don't know, pens or baked beans or something or yeah. bread or pop, <laughs> like it's just that type of place. Yeah. So they had like a little rack with uh, comic books and then trading cards. And because I started getting into the wrestling, I'm like, well, they got wrestling trading cards. And it might have been a dollar or a dollar fifty, whatever they were. But I would buy them, and I would open them up, like, on the way home, mm-hmm. and then, like, look at what I got. And a lot of times, I would get doubles or whatever. And Yeah. But when I got one I didn't have before, like, that was, like, a cool moment for me. Nice. So I'd get this. I'm like, oh, I have this. I have this. I have this. I'm like, ooh, this one I don't have. Like, just that kind of stuff with trading cards. I thought it was kind of cool when I was younger. And even today, if I got into trading cards again, I'd probably just get it just as excited. 
Yeah, uh, I never really got into wrestling trading cards. I was into like baseball cards and stuff with my buddies. Yeah, but never too. wrestling. And it, it might have been because I couldn't find them. I'm sure it, it was anything wrestling related. If I saw it, I would have been like, "I need this. It's wrestling." But yeah, so it goes. Uh, well, one of the things I got your daughter for her birthday was a little yeah. pack of wrestling cards. <laughs> She's got a little binder of them. She likes them. She likes cool. like she likes the experience of opening up a pack. Yeah, looking through them, universal putting them kid. like putting them into like a little binder, and she's got it. She likes it a lot, and you know they're not cheap. It's like two bucks. She only gets seven cards. Like back in the day, you'd get like fifteen, twenty cards. Maybe I'm yeah. making that up, but it seems like you got <laughs> a lot you more. <laughs> um, but th- this last pack she got, there was just there's like one good set. So it's yeah. like you, there's the oh I got a sweet set and then a bad set. So I get it. I'm, I'm, they are coming back a little bit. I'm noticing there's like a big collection community online of wrestling. There is, guys. and there's also like a digital app. And I had it for about a year and a half. I don't get the app. You don't understand it. I don't. I don't get it. Like it's, what? it's just like you get free coins and you do this, then you can use the coins to buy cards. And for some reason, like that's almost as valuable as a physical piece of a card. So like if you have like. I don't know, one out of ten, mm-hmm. that's the most wanted thing. And then there's a little forum within the app where you can say, I need this, this, and that, and I'll trade for this. So then you can other trade other people for different things. So I don't know, say I had a bunch of cards, and then people would message me and say, hey, you know, I'm a Becky Lynch fan. I want to try to get all the Becky Lynch cards. I'll trade you this, this, or that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, I want this, you know, uh, I think it was like a family series, like Dusty Rhodes and Justin yeah. or Ric Flair and Charlotte. So there were those type of cards. I'm like, well, you know, I'm trying to complete that set, so if you got a couple of those, I'll trade you this Becky, and they're different colors, and I don't know. It's it's interesting once you start doing it, and then it's more fun because then you interact with other people about their collection. and But then after a while, I, I stopped doing it. So it wasn't that much fun? No, it was, I did it for about two years. Okay. Now you, you Then you moved on to more physical wrestling figures and Funko Pops. Pretty and much. Stuff. I yeah. like it. I like that. There's more value, more fun in hunting out and getting something physical, I think. Yeah. I could be wrong. My only big news this week, last week, I think it was last week, it definitely was, um, with our special guest, Ring Skirts. Thanks again for him for coming on. You're following him at Ring Skirts. I'm sure you guys are. Uh, we talked about wrestling belts, specifically the foam belts from mm-hmm. our childhood of the 80s and 90s. And then I picked up the, uh, randomly picked up a catalog, and it was, oh my God, there's the white belt, the oh, white world show. championship belt. Yeah, the white foam belt. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about the woman's white belt because that everyone knows is pretty rare as it is. And I was like, I've never seen this before, you know? And, like, I've never seen on eBay or on Facebook groups. Nothing's come across it, whatever. And randomly, the guy I got my last belt from, I messaged him. I'm asking if he has anything else. Like, I have this. And he had the white belt. And I'm like, oh, my God. And it, like, went back and forth with some negotiating with him. I'm trying to get a value on a thing. But, like, I looked on eBay. Like, when is it, it hasn't even popped up on eBay to sell in years. Yeah. And it's, this thing's got to be super rare. So we made an offer, and I got it. And now I'll tweet it out for you guys. What was the first belt you got from him? The the, the other, other the black foam belt, the world okay. title. Yeah, um, that's the one I traded my other belt for him. But yeah, it's like it's a kid a ride, and I'm like this is so awesome to have. Like I didn't know this existed, and now I do, yeah. and I get a little case for it, and I'll tweet it out. And it's pretty sweet to get something super rare, and like it's satisfying that I got it. So yeah. really appreciate it. I was able to pick that up. And my wife was asking me, she goes, why do you have this? And I just like, I can't really explain why. But and she, I'm like, well, the guy was selling to get rid of some stuff. She goes, is he selling this? He has a second kid out of the way like you do? And you're trying yeah. to get like, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. I'm trying to guilt you. A little bit, but that's okay. You know, yeah. that's okay. I, I appreciate the, the guilt tripping every once in a while. I think she rolls her eyes lovingly at me with well, we all did the stuff figure I friday too on twitter we did yes thanks to hova and uh the fully plausible guys yeah. figure friday's back so fun. so make sure to bring that back again guys i tweeted out some hogan's uh, that that's fun so figure friday hashtag figure friday tag everybody in in your tweets of your figures pick one or two or whatever and pose them points for creativity yeah extra points for creativity well i had some and then i don't want us to keep taking the same picture of my boring not that it's boring to anybody else but to me, it's just the same display, and I just add one or two things. Yeah. So if you don't really know what I had before, it's hard to tell what I what's new. So I I got some of my favorites and put them together. Like I got some pops stacked or pops together, stacked them up. Uh, some Mattels, some of those Jada metal diecast ones. I thought those were kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, one of the little pint sized heroes I got with mm-hmm. the Warrior and uh, yeah. Undertaker shirt. It's always fun to see everyone's stuff. Again, keep sharing your wrestling collection, guys. Everybody wants to see it. Keep sharing it. All right, let's get into this week's show. SummerSlam 92. Yeah. 
we just watched it. The SummerSlam 92 originally took place on Saturday, August 29th, 1992, from Wembley Stadium in London. However, this I didn't really realize till much later in life. It didn't actually air on pay-per-view. It was on a delay until Monday night, August 31st. This was a Monday night pay-per-view for the U.S. audience. Kind of crazy. Yes. That's the, guess so. That's kind of crazy. Any Before we get into the breakdown of the show, what we always like to do here is talk about our memories of when we first saw the show or what we thought about it initially. Would you have any initial memories of this SummerSlam 92 show? Any about the hype or when the first time we saw or anything like that? I'm pretty sure I watched this on VHS. I rented it. Mm-hmm. But then part of me feels like I watched it live, but I probably didn't. I think it was it, Monday. I don't remember, but I do remember like thinking of how huge that crowd was. Like, I mean, it's t- today I'll still say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just insane. Like, how many people were there? And to me, like England, it's just a huge wrestling country. Sure, it's huge. Yeah. Like anytime, I don't care if it's WWF or I'm sorry, WWE. Even something small like Impact Wrestling, they mm-hmm. are like crazy over there for any type of wrestling. Yeah, and at WrestleMania every year, there's always a bunch of people from the UK that come to the US yeah. for WrestleMania every year. So you run into people from that. It is. It's a big mm-hmm. deal. I remember with this show, there's a couple of things I remember about it. One, I remember the SummerSlam Spectacular preview show, like special event they had before the show, the week before, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, and I also remember the first time I watched it, I got to watch it. It was my video store got it in. And we used to rent movies on Saturdays, mm-hmm. and it was ne- and it was like for weeks in a row. It wasn't in stock for me to rent. It was always checked out, checked out, checked out. And then one day I went Saturday morning. I got up like early to go. I don't know why that I thought that would help because people were going to rent it on Friday and be gone. Yeah. But for some reason it was there, and I loved it. I rented the crap out of this movie, or this movie, <laughs> this this film, this, this tape, and I watched it over and over again, and I just loved it. And I think again it was the spectacle of it. It was. I don't necessarily remember the matches as much as a kid. I remember them now, later watching. But when I was younger, this the spectacle of watching it, plus it was an outdoor show, which was a big novelty for me at the time. It was just a, you know, just a big event, and it was something I loved. And I've seen it a bunch of times over the years. It's kind of like a one of my default background shows to put on, you know? Yeah. I think we all kind of have those, like, WrestleMania. I just, I, nothing's on. I, I need, like, background noise. I'll put a WrestleMania 8 or mm-hmm. SummerSlam 91 or <clears throat> whatever it is. This is, like, one of my back general background shows. But we sat down and watched the whole thing, and I liked it. It was didn't drag too much. You know, we sat the whole, the whole show, and I liked it from top to bottom. Yeah, it was a good show. I liked it. And one of the other things I wanted to bring up about this Wembley Stadium Earlier in the year, there was a Freddie Mercury tribute concert that I watched on Fox. And I remember watching it. I remember Wembley Stadium being specific. Yeah. So when this came around, I felt like kind of cool because I knew what Wembley Stadium was all the way in like England. I'm like, I know that stadium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, like I've been there before. But it was just like a reminder to me, like how big it was. Right. How big like, it was. If that concert had that many people, what's his wrestling show going to be like? Yes. Same amount of people. Right. <laughs> it's and, insane. Uh, and then. The show gets started with a bunch of shots of the crowd and the people outside going into the stadium, and they're doing interviews with people. And it's like, I think, you know, Bulldogs yeah. win. I think Ma- or um, Bret Hart's going to win. And one, these got these girls like, I think or Macho Man or what is it, Mister Perfect. I think Mister Perfect's going to be in the corner. Macho Man Randy Savage. No, I think he's going to be an Ultimate Warrior's corner. Like, I'm sorry yeah. for the horrible British accent people, but they get just funny. And then there's oh, there's the kid that everybody knows. And uh, he's got his big boss man hat on. Uh-huh. And he, I, I always thought as a kid he was wearing a Bret Hart outfit. It just happened to be a pink windbreaker. He was not a Bret Hart fan. Oh, that's what I thought. No. Watching it now. Right. Like, it, why is he because why he, is he says, saying British Bulldog yes, in a Bret Hart shirt? Because he says the British Bulldog's going to win whether he wants to or not, which yeah. is true because this is wrestling. He's got to do what the booker says, brother. Right. But, yes, that's something like I didn't realize until later. Like, why is this Bret Hart? It would drive me nuts. Like, he's like, he's got a Bret Hart. Did they tell him to do that? They paid him to do that? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, then they get into the the arena. They've got the the guys playing the horns, and the, it's very British and royal. Right. And they've got the massive crowd stadium shot. And everyone's got those green foam fingers, which we assumed everybody, they had to have been giving those away. I would think so. Because everybody had one. Yeah. Or they were cheap, and it was like the, the great souvenir to have, yeah. a great visual. Uh, yeah, it could have been that, too. Yeah, either way, that that's that's an item, like, if it comes up for, like, a decent deal, that's something I'd want to get. Because that's a cool piece of history right there, yeah, those foam sure. fingers. Um, and then what else do we got here? We've got the 
show starts off with Vincent McMahon, Vincent Vince McMahon and Bobby Heenan. Bobby calls himself Sir Bobby, the King of England. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got all that stuff going on for him, and he's funny, and he's trying to say he knows who the corner of Macho Man, whose corner he's going to be in, either Macho Man or Warrior, and he just goes, "Ooh, that's right, the answer yeah. for Vince McMahon. And mm-hmm. Just, again, the whole visual of this show, it's great stuff. And then the first match gets started here. We've got the Money, Inc., Million Dollar Man, and IRS versus the Legion of Doom. I forgot that Jimmy Hart was with them. Money Inc. Yeah. Yes, because remember he eventually. That's how he turned babyface eventually, because he was with Money Inc. And then he stopped Money Inc. from smashing Bruce's face over again with the oh, yeah, briefcase. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Yes. Okay. That's how he turned babyface again. This is just a few short months after the show, so I guess a little bit longer. It's in '93. First off, this is the man is white gear. His all white gear with the gold dollar sign. Probably the best. Oh yeah. Gear for him, I would say. Right. Maybe a close second is the green, but the white. I I like the white. Yes, it's classy. It's great. I like it a lot. And then IRS gets on the phone and says, or on the phone. (laughs) Gets on the mic. Yeah, on the mic. And he goes, something along the lines of, if it wasn't for you tax cheats, there wouldn't be such a burden on the royal family. And we're like, what the hell? Does that make sense right now? Maybe if you live in England. Maybe they're a socialist economy. I don't know. Uh (laughs) So LOD comes out on motorcycles, and they're wearing their gold shoulder pads, and they've got... Look pretty badass to me. They did, and they've got Paul Erling, Ellerling and Rocco, so the dummy. And this has got a, this is going to be the first entry into, our, uh, into the Bret Hart book here. So if you haven't read Bret Hart's book, it's called Hitman, My Real Life in the Cartoon World of Wrestling, one of the best wrestling books ever written. And Brett talks extensively about this whole day, so I'm not going to read too. I'm not going to like you know read the word for the book, but he specifically mentions this, and, here, and this is what he says about Hawk going out to the ring that night on a motorcycle. To quote Bret Hart, "I was amazed to see Hawk, who nearly, who nearly out in his feet, climb onto a rented Harley Davidson and wobble all the way to the ring, behind Animal and their manager Paul Ellering, who were also on bikes. Not that this should be recognized as some court kind of amazing feat in itself." But the truth is that it was. Considering he was barely conscious from bell to bell, the fact that Hawk, with the help of his opponents Mike Rotundo and Ted DiBiase and of, and of Animal, somehow to match is a testament to all of them. But it mattered little since Hawk up and quit the next day, leaving Animal to fend for himself. So Hawk is just jacked up on something. I mentioned it to you, and you're like, I didn't really see it. I, I didn't notice it at all. Until the end, though. But at the end, it didn't seem like... I guess if you read it stuff and that kind of thing, it makes more sense. But they have the match end the way it did. Just yes, like... so there's no doomsday. For those who don't know, this match ends without a doomsday device. It's just a power slam by animal. Yeah. Uh, the, the only really, I mean, this is a good little match. They do, you know, build a lot of heat, and the, the crowd's really into it. It's the first pay-per-view match. Everyone's really into it. Right. It was a fun match to start, for yeah, sure. Yeah, was good. Uh, I did like how Bobby Heenan calls Hawk a pigeon instead of a hawk. <laughs> so or a sparrow. But he has got a million one-liners in this show, so yeah. go back and listen to him because we didn't get them all. We had a few of them down. Uh, then after this after this match, after LOD wins, uh, we have a Ric Flair interview. He's backstage with me and Gene Okerlund in his purple robe, and I was like, why didn't Flair wrestle somebody on this mm-hmm. show? You know, he's a huge star, just lost the title to Macho Man at WrestleMania Eight, but he was just part of this big angle instead. Yeah, that promo was a little creepy to me. Because every time he would answer a question, he'd like, He's t- like take his index finger and like wipe the outside of his mouth and yeah. then like lick his lips. I'm like, what is he trying to do? I don't know, get the leftover coke off or something. Who knows? <laughs> it's pretty annoying now that now that you're looking for it. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be like, he's right. Uh, next up is Virgil versus Nails. If this isn't a headliner anywhere in the Dude, country, I pal, I don't know where it is. He did say he's too legit to quit. He did. I mean, that was cool back then. That was I MC Hammer. Hated Nails. Hated him. I don't know who liked him. Certainly not Vince McMahon. <laughs> I told you, I still think it's hilarious. <laughs> Nails beat the <laughs> beat McMahon up. Yes, it's a, it's a great story. Uh, I noticed that Nails is wearing a, basically a spirit Halloween costume yeah. and boots. Beats the hell out of Virgil. Ends up choking him out with a nightstick and... It's just, it's just a brute. This was not a fun match to watch, and like, I don't like any. Like, I love fun bad, but I hate nails. Isn't even fun bad. He just sucks. Yeah, he's pretty terrible. <laughs> but Virgil, you get the pinstripe pants and his his theme song. Yeah, he's bobbing and weaving. He's yeah, a little, doing a little dance in there. He wasn't slapping like fans with the her hands with the fans, which I just like. Well, he was focused. <laughs> he, he, was, he knew he had a, a, a 
brick what was it a brick shit house whatever it was <laughs> that he had to work with <laughs> whatever it was uh so that match is it happened <laughs> yeah nails wins next up we've got sherry martell and she was just sensational sherry at the time Yes, that's what Bobby he says about her and you apparently when yeah. you were a kid. So Mean Gene interviews her and they go over kind of a background of the storyline happening with Shawn Michaels and Rick the Model Martell. And it all starts it's out. It's pretty great. It is. Uh, go back and watch this, guys, just for the recap. Uh, it starts out where Michaels is in a match, I think, in Wrestling Challenge. Sherry's at his ringside and Martell comes down the aisle and kind of like gives her a wink, like, ooh, you like me? And the wink is so like, such a, like a, Delayed wink. It's yeah. Like, it goes op- open eye and then a wink. Like a cartoon wink. <laughs> yeah. You got to catch that camera spot. And then Sherry's like at first shocked, and then she smiles and winks back. And Martel's yeah. like, ooh, yes, you like. <laughs> he's also got this ridiculous outfit on with like a feather coming out of his hat and stuff. Yeah, he's I like loved a it. French fashionista. <laughs> Whatever it is, I loved it. Loved it very much. Uh, then this happens for a couple more weeks. Sherry comes out later to. But come- one of the things I didn't know was Martel and Hitman were in an intercontinental title match, and Michaels comes out. And starts beating up uh, Hitman. Yes, he gets disqualified, and Martel could have won the title. So uh-huh. I think that's because he had the Boston Crab in him. Yes, yeah. they're furious. So that's kind of you know adding to this rivalry already. Yes, I like little little touches like that. Mm-hmm. And Mean Gene's interviewing Sherry backstage, and you know, and the the stipulation for you guys who don't know is neither man can hit each other in the face, punch he, each other in the face. They says hit, hit but it okay. ends up being punch, <clears throat> and because they do hit each other in the face a few times, mm-hmm. and. Me and Jean's asking her, who's in, whose core are you going to be in? She's like, with my man. You hear Michael's, Sherry, let's go. Yeah. Come in, Sean. Right. And then they go to the ring. Model's already in the ring with a tennis outfit on. Tennis anyone. He's, he says, and then Bobby Heenan says, Andre Agassi, eat your heart out. Then like a second later, <laughs> Martel goes to the camera and says, Andre Agassi, eat your heart out. Yeah. You know. They got the same lines. <laughs> Michaels comes out with Sherry. Sherry's wearing an outfit with holes in her pants. You can see her ass. Oh, yeah. This is your favorite Sherry's version of Michael's song? He's my sexy boy. Oh, I love it. Yeah? Oh, oh, shot. Mm-hmm. Look at that raspy voice. They it had just a, makes the song. The opening sequence of this match is great. It's super mm-hmm. fast. Back and forth, back and forth. Kip up, toss, a duck drop down. And then Martel does a reversal into a cartwheel and starts doing jumping jacks. <laughs> Classic jump. Martel. Yes, I love it. Or model Martel. The really. only thing this match was missing was Tito Santana to come out and start attacking Rick Martel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it was great. I loved this match. I, I feel like... If they just could have had a more of a match, it would have been like the, one of the show stealers, but they had to cut it short to the angle. Yeah. You know, eventually they're they're pissed off at each other, and they start punching each other in the face. Sherry pretends to faint. Right. And then what is happening? Like a double count out as they're both going for him. Yeah. Both- so as they're fighting up the ramp, getting closer to the entranceway, she kind of opens her eye and kind of sits up. And then when they turn around to see her, she like quickly falls back down on the floor. <laughs> Eden's like, "Oh, she's knocked out." And Vince's man, "No, she's not." Yes. He's like, "I'm gonna go down there and resuscitate her." <laughs> and Vince is like, "You stay right here, Bobby." And then Michael picks up Sherry over his shoulder, drags her. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Martel comes out, pushes him. He just tosses Sherry down. <laughs> Drops <She's>, Sherry. <laughs> Sherry's bumping all over the place. Uh, and then Martel carries her like a gentleman, you know, like right. uh, like a fireman carries someone. Mm-hmm. Or not a fireman carry. I guess like. It'd be like a baby carrying, like bringing your your wife into her like new house, like carrying her across the threshold. So Michael's knees him in the back. He tosses Sherry again. <laughs> uh, we also talked about the great camera shot where Sherry, it's like Sherry's point of view right behind her yeah. as she lifts her head up, looks down the aisle, and she realizes she's caught and fakes it again. Right. And she's like out. Even Vince says, there's no way she's unconscious for this long. What is? What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, and then Michael's has eventually got Sherry again. Martel goes to the back, comes back with a bucket of water. Obvious bucket of water because it's red with a white strap. So the the crowd knows it's a bucket. (laughs) Which, for some reason, Michaels is afraid of getting wet. I don't know. But he ends up dumping it on Sherry. Like, oh, no. She starts screaming. Like, it's so silly. But I really enjoyed this whole sequence. It was a lot of fun. Well, Ben said that's super embarrassing. I'm like, he was just trying to revive her. That's what you do. You splash water on someone's face. Wake them up. Yep. Fan them a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then next up, we've got the Natural Disasters <clears throat> taking on the Beverly Brothers. The screen graphic for this is hilarious because the Disasters got big smiles on their oh, face. Oh, yeah, they do. Earthquakes guys like hand on Typhoon's shoulder, like gently caressing it. <laughs> you, you <gotta laughs> like a prom photo, you said. Yeah, you just got to see it. It's so weird. And that we we both forgot that the genius was with the Beverly Brothers. Mm-hmm. This is for the World Tag Team Championships, by the way. 
Beverly Brothers come out first, then all of a sudden the disasters, they're getting a huge pop. We we love the disasters as kids when they were, they were heel or Definitely. faces, right? Yeah. I was a big fan of the disasters. The disasters. I'm having trouble talking. This early show is throwing me off. The magic. Yeah, I just really liked, and I think I asked you, like, I like the teamwork of Typhoon and Earthquake. Like, I just like the two together because they're both big guys with a similar body shape so it's not like mm-hmm. i don't know it's not like a uh, hitman and anvil where it's two different body shapes it's like two almost the exact same guys body wise yes i, I liked, liked it too it. they were good i liked it too and yeah. this match goes way longer than i thought it's like a 10 minute match yeah you thought it was going to be a squash yes completely <laughs> forgot that they and like they build heat on the disasters forever yeah to the point where i think it was just a little too much because the audience got sick of it and when the hot tag finally happened there was a pop but oh, it wasn't sure. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, here we go. Like, it was okay. Yeah. There's actually nothing compared to the main event pops we have later. True. Disasters win. They retain the titles. And then afterwards, they beat up the genius. <laughs> There's also a spot in the middle of the match, which is kind of cool, where we forgot about the steel-plated um, scroll. The scroll, yeah. The Beverly Brothers hit Earthquake in the back of the head with it. We thought, oh, my God. Like, I've seen this match a 100 times. Like, did they, did they lose? Did they lose the titles here? <laughs> like, they got me for a second. Yeah. So kudos to them. Disasters ended up winning this match, though. Everybody's happy, especially Eric and me in 1992. And 2018. I, yeah. I mean, you know, four stars. Four, four and a half star match, I'd say. Easy. If I didn't enjoy this uh, pay-per-view, I would have just watched it last night. But you're like, hey, come in the morning. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we'll watch it together. Well, I, 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 I wasn't going to watch it last night because I was just tired. So I'm like, I'm going to watch it tomorrow. Yeah. Is that all? Well, I'm saying if, if, if it's something that I didn't really enjoy too much, uh-huh. I probably just would have watched it at home. And but you knew you thought you, you remembered it, you remembered that this was good enough to watch again. Yeah, because I remember the Martell match. I remember the Warrior. I remember the and uh, the main event. Uh, we go backstage to Lord Alfred Hayes, and this also happened earlier in the show where he was standing outside the Macho Man's door, just like. Like pounding on it, like yeah. pounding on the door, like hard a few times. What a jerk! Yeah, Macho Man doesn't answer. He's trying to figure out who's in the locker room. He's trying to break in because no one's answering. <laughs> then he goes to the Warriors' door. He's like, he says, "I'm just gonna walk in," and like on the Warriors' door is like a uh, a child's craft project. And no joke, it's in crayon. Yeah, of the Warrior logo it looks on the like, door. Uh, what's that colored paper? Construction. Yeah, it looks like construction paper. <laughs> it is like we're not joking. Like I, and I loved it because it's so bad. Like I wonder, like. Vince McMahon's like, damn it. <laughs> somebody cut, somebody get some scissors and cut Steph, the warrior go, go make a warrior thing. <laughs> exactly. She's yeah. probably around 10, right? Maybe in 92? I don't know. No, because I'm 10. I was 10 in 92. Well, maybe she's 14. No, I was 8 in 92. Yeah, I was 8 years old in 92. Either way, she was Steve, there. <laughs> make a warrior mask. <laughs> oh, I, was not a, I was not a good colorer. Still not a good colorer. Uh, he walks in, but the door gets slammed in his face. He's like, oh, that was very rude. I'm like, you're the rude one, Al. We're barging it on people. Right. What's your problem? Uh, and then next match we have. No, I think we missed this part. It's either this part or earlier, but uh, after is either before or after the match, the Nasty Boys are backstage doing an interview for some reason. Mm-hmm. They must have been. Were they in the dark match? Let me check really quick. We talked they about were. this earlier. They were, they were with. Um, yeah, the Bushwhackers faced uh, the Bushwhackers. And Tito? And Jim Duggan defeated oh, the Mountie yeah, Boys right. and the Nasty Boys. So it was a handy... Yeah, it was a six-man yeah, tag. with the Mountie. Yes, so six men. So that would explain why they were doing a backstage interview. I'm like, they would not have flooded them to London just for an, an interview. Well, that's what I was looking on here for, to see if Ric Flair did something. No, not even him. He was like, he was just... Sea breeze. Come on, you kidding me? Meet me at the hotel bar. You kidding me? That's a good flair. <laughs> it's it's like whenever he starts like giggling, he goes, <laughs> weird. You, you, you kidding me? <laughs> Real world champion, sixteen times. <laughs> That's the nature boy. Anyway, back to this. Backstage, the and this started triggering stuff in my brain because the nasty boys are giving interviews. Sean Mooney's talking about this was right. This I know when this was. This is right after Sherry got wet with the water because I'm so the nasty boys are going I'm yeah, surprised yeah, right. she didn't melt from the wicked witch of the yeah, west or all that right. stuff so they're saying we get the title shot right Jimmy and Jimmy's like oh baby oh that's supposed to be money ink but oh of course you get the title shots so yeah. that's how the nasty boys I remember turn face because Jimmy picks money ink over the nasty boys to get the title shots that's how the nasty okay. boys become good guys 
and then pretty soon after this, they had they had to WCW. Uh, then anyway, the next match, like I said, this is the Demolition Explodes match because it's Crush versus the Repo Man, and this is a quick match. I, I mean, it's not it's, to be confused when 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 the Mega Powers explode. I mean, it's close though as far as scale and as far as how important it was. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Barry Barry Darso. <laughs> Um, you know, is the Repo Man, yeah. and Brian Adams is Crush, and after match, Crush wins. And now, Eric told me his story, <laughs> and he's going to share it now. He and I told him to save it for here. Demolition explodes. Repo Man Crush match happens. That's huge, right? Yeah. Crush wins with the. <laughs> What was that? The Kona Crusher? Or yeah, something? Like whatever it was. Or he would just take his two hands and try to smash your uh, <laughs> smash your head like a what did he say? Like, like a coconut. Like a coconut. All right. So anyway, so I'm sitting. No, up no, 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 no. Let me let me, let me set this up. Right. I'm just like because I'm here's a couple other things too. Uh, I'm picturing you doing this, which is even funnier. <laughs> you're such a laid back guy. All right. So this happens. So tell the story of how this. Triggered a, the Kona Crush finish triggered you to tell a story about something that happened to you. Tell the whole tale. Let's hear it. Let's well, hear it. I'm watching the match, and what I liked about well wrestling, you, you kind of need two people to work together. So when Kona, when Crush when Crush puts his hands on Repo Man's head, he lifts him up, but Repo Man has to jump with him, and then he drops on his ass. So I think I was like in maybe seven, sixth or seventh grade, and there was like recess. And I remember this one kid; he pissed me off. His name was his name was Chris Robertson. I still remember him to this day. Let's find him on Facebook. I don't know. Well, that's going to take some time. Okay. Maybe after the show. Okay. But I remember he always got on my nerves. He always had something smart to say, but yeah. he was just like was a, he a bully to everyone? Or just he was to kind you? of a bull, like a smart ass to everybody. Yeah. But he got away with it. Was he a little kid or a big? kid? No, he was a big kid. Okay. So he was kind of chubby. <laughs> And I mean, I was chubby too, but he was bigger than me. And but he was just like a little asshole. But I don't, I don't remember. But he made me mad on the playground or something. But his back was to me, so I ran up behind him and I grabbed his head because <laughs> we were about the same height. And I grabbed his head in my in my head. I'm imagining that I'm going to be able to pick him up like Crush does, and then he'll drop on his ass. But when I went to go, I. I, <laughs> I you didn't got, realize that people help jump up there. You thought that dude, that's how strong Crush was. Just yeah, up I did. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> I was a kid. You know, wrestling was still kind of real to me. Like, I knew it was a work, but at the same time, all of the moves I didn't realize needed okay. both people to work. So when I tried to lift him, he like his head went up and his body did it. So I just pulled, I still held on and I pulled him back and he fell backwards on his ass. It was almost like I did it, but I was smashing his head, like crushing his head and he screams and I didn't want to get like the, oh like the, God. like the lunch aids. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to make them aware. This is like of, at recess, right? At recess, okay. yeah. So he said something to me at lunch. So then we had so recess was, after So lunch. that was the start of the, the angle. That was the, that, that was a continuation of the angle. That's when that's when the straw broke. <laughs> that was that was the, that was the go home show right before right before the finishing move. <laughs> so after you, what? <laughs> I just think it's so funny because you tried to lift him by his head. <laughs> I did. That's what's funny to me. Oh, but when I told you, oh, I said it so calmly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I tried that. I tried that in in school when I was younger. And you're like, what? And I went to the bathroom. And then I'm thinking about what happened. I come out of the bathroom laughing because it's so stupid. So after, all right, all right, let me calm down. All right, after Eric the Crusher lifted up Chris the Repo Man. Right. Like you, you obviously couldn't lift him off the ground. No, because you know it's his head. Right. And you're seven, or you're in sixth grade, so you're twelve at the or at yeah. the oldest. And you're both chunky kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was this kid's reaction after you you picked tried to pick him up? <laughs> well, I still had his head, so I just I just like kind of jerked back. Yeah, and, almost, and he fell on his ass. Okay, so did I you went, let go after that? Or no, no, I still had. <laughs> I, still, I wanted him to tap out. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't want him to tap wait, out. You're waiting for the ref to call for the bell. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for the lunch oh lady to come God. over and. Uh, you know, do the old arm thing, like lift it up once, <laughs> twice, you know, then he's out. 
So did you, so all right. So I I let go before like I kind of scanned the area to see like where the lunch ladies were or the lunch aides. Yeah. You know how they have like the supervisors. Yeah, yeah, out yeah. There. So like I let go right before one of them turned to see what was going on because he screamed. Uh huh. So I kind of and there I wasn't like we were. <laughs> of course he screamed. He tried to rip his. Head. <laughs> I can still hear it in my head. <laughs> oh my god! So here's the funny. But then it, it it was kind of over. Like that was it. Like, I, you let him go after you did I the scam. I let scan. him go after he did the scream before the lady saw anything. <laughs> I didn't want to get a detention or have my mom called or anything. You know how they do stuff like that. So did anything ever happen no, in the future? No, that was it. The beef he, was over. He never said crap. Did you guys become buddies? Like we some, didn't become buddies, but he didn't say anything to me anymore. Like, ever. <laughs> so he said something to you in the lunchroom yeah. at lunch. So for, I'm, I'm sure, I don't know how most schools work. At least around here it was. <laughs> you'd have lunch, and you went out for recess, and then you went back to class. Right. So he said something to you at lunch, and you're just stewing about this. <laughs> right. I have time to think while I'm dr- drinking one of those little cartons of milk and my and my fruit snacks and right. my bologna sandwich. Sure. I'm like, that son of a bitch. I'm going to get him. Did you tell anybody your plan? He just did. No, I didn't tell anybody my plan. <laughs> I don't want to look like an idiot. So he was sitting down in the playground. You just went up to him unprovoked. Just... <laughs> Unprovoked. Yeah, but yeah, I'm saying pretty like, much, yeah. But he didn't say anything. To he you. was by himself. Like he was, he was the kind of guy that didn't really have friends. I think that's why he was a bully because he would just pick on people. But nobody liked him anyway <laughs> because he was an asshole. So it's kind of hard to make friends when you're a jerk to everybody. But he was just kind of standing there, like watching other people do stuff, like okay. playing Foursquare or right or or. So you're just on, you're over on the swing. He's just now's my chance. Well, I guess we'll say I'm on the swing. Okay, so he's <laughs> but I was sit- behind him. Okay. I saw his back, and my first thing, my first. Thing is like, what wrestling move can I do from behind? And you, you, and I, was wait, I crush. wouldn't wait for the sleeper hold, maybe. Not the Kona crush. Well, I felt like I had power, <laughs> like in, in my arms. You must have been so scared. <laughs> so confused. <laughs> he didn't know what the hell happened. <laughs> He's got the palms pressing into the temples of his head. Did, didn't even know it was you. <laughs> 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 I hope so. He just felt some guy's hand squeezing his head. Because <laughs> you knew it's not like he's like it's not like he said something to you also on the playground. <laughs> no. You're like, all right, that's it. No, he said something to me about 20 minutes prior to prior to this unprovoked attack. <laughs> I should be in jail. <laughs> uh, we're gonna find him. Everybody, the podcast. <laughs> hey, Chris, do you remember in sixth grade? He's like, yeah, I still have brain damage or <laughs> neck like, damage. Oh, God. Neck damage. He's like, I got to go to a chiropractor. I'm 40 years old. <laughs> just, he's just sitting there, you know, picking grass and all this. No, you're making it sound like he was innocent. He wasn't. He was innocent, but you should have at least tapped him on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I took advantage of his vulnerability. Who stays that mad for that long? <laughs> 20 minutes. Eric did. Eric does. Did you, like your buddies, did your other friends in school, like, hey, what happened with you? <laughs> no, they thought it was awesome. <laughs> Because they didn't like him either. They're like, holy sh... I can't believe you just did that. And I'm like, yeah, we're all high five. I've been in like <laughs> like five fist fights in my life, before in my life. <laughs> You've never been crushed. <laughs> no, that's never happened. The only time something similar happened, and me and the kid weren't even like enemies. It was mm-hmm. just like a type of thing at lunch where like, I think I could beat you up. Do you yeah. think you beat me up? And we were going to actually fight about it because we're friends. Mm-hmm. We were just, you know, friends. We'd sit at the lunch table together. So it was arranged for after school we would have a wrestling match, like yeah. a, you know, like wrestling. Right, yeah. I've in my that. head, I'm thinking, you know, there's no punches kicking or whatever. I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to get him in the, the, you know, the sharpshooter and the walls, all this stuff. So we're in junior high. Yeah. Not realizing this kid is on the damn wrestling team, yeah. like amateur wrestling. So he's like a legit he wrestler. Kicked my ass, like <laughs> took me down and just held me. Yeah. And like the, the rule was, you like you were down until you quit. And like I wasn't in pain, but you I couldn't. You didn't, you didn't know. Uh, I could real wrestling rules. I could not get. I couldn't. I couldn't get up. I was just like, and like I was bigger than this kid, but like he just like held my arms. Oh yeah. Every, every time move, he just with me, and like finally I just I just tap. I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm, I guess I give. It was like it felt like ten minutes. Like everyone was sitting around. And I think right. People were probably bored because they thought it was going to be an actual fight. And I got up, my head was all like sweaty and stuff. <laughs> and like, that was it. I've been there. Like, nothing ever happened. It was funny, like, my one friend was like making fun of me, like, hey, you fucking fight him. Like, I'm like, right. you beat him yeah. up. Yeah. Like, you beat whoop off our butts, you know? Yeah, in high school, like, I, I, 
started something with with an actual like guy that was on the wrestling team. I yeah. I just figured he I'm like just looking at him I'm like this guy is nothing. Sure. You know, so I'm messing with him and messing with him and then we're fighting and I was down and I swear in like four, four or five seconds. Right. And then he has dirty armpit in my mouth and I couldn't breathe. <laughs> they give what, me the pit stain. What the, I the pity city. Pit stop. Yeah. Pit <laughs> so stop. what I am breathing is as hot just stinky right. armpit and I just I had to give up I'm like I can't believe I just messed with this guy so long and he just put me down so quick <laughs> do not mess with wrestlers you know right the other time they got into a fight with someone was in the hall my buddy my one buddy like was getting picked on by this kid and we were like in line to get in the science class mm-hmm. and I was just and I told him I was like I'm like stop you know I kind of kind of like pushed him and he like and like he was like you make me or something so I kind of give him a really big shove so he yeah. sh- then what he did was he instead of giving me a shot back he like flipped my folders and so my papers kind of went flying, so I shoved him down on the ground, and like his papers went flying. So we were about to, we were about to go, yeah. And then we saw a teacher coming in the hall, so we both instantly just stopped and started picking up our paper like like it was just an accident. Right. The best part was was someone one of the one of the kids in the lines well yeah hell yeah like swearing. F, 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 this, F, this, fight, fight, F. So he got a detention for swearing in the hallway. <laughs> Me and the kid never had a problem again. Like, it was just, like, so stupid. Yeah. Lesson here to people. One, if you want to attack somebody by surprise, hit it with a coat of crush. Yeah, for sure. We talked about that for, like, 15 minutes. I don't really, I hope everyone enjoyed that as much as I did. If you didn't, it's okay, because it was, like, the highlight of this podcast, my entire podcast. If, if, if we didn't do the show, I never would have heard that story. Never. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. That is fantastic. I didn't want to do the show anymore. I think we just end it right that, there. That was, that was the uh, big pop. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, next up are... Bringing it back down. Yes. Kind of. We have the Macho Man versus the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, Did I tell you the time I hit the uh, elbow drop on somebody? <laughs> let's save that for next week. Um, maybe we'll do a show like stories of of, re- of trying to do wrestling gone wrong type of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> or gone right. In this case, with the Repo Man crushers. Wrong on his end. <laughs> uh, I'll be laughing about that for weeks. Uh, so then they they have, this is where I'm going to tell Just us. one more thing, I'm okay. sorry. Okay, just, no, you're good. Just you're imagine, good. We're good. Just imagine, like, back in the day, like, Zeke Averici's and IOU mm-hmm. sweaters. Home equipment. Like in the 90s. Yeah. Just picture us in that outfit. So no, with th- that's the thing. Like I <laughs> with mullets. That's the thing. I didn't know you in sixth grade, so I'm just picturing you now, but yeah. miniature version of you, yeah. just going up with your glasses, you know, popping someone's head off. I still have glasses. <laughs> yeah, but they weren't they weren't the the frame ones. They were the wire ones, probably yeah, right. Probably big like Harry Carey glasses. Yeah. Oh, so man. next up. Next up is the Macho Man vs. Ultimate Warrior WWF Championship match. Yeah. Uh, we noticed that one thing about this match is they seem like amped, like ready to go at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I told you this, you didn't really know this, but after Macho Man passed away, the Ultimate Warrior posted a video, like like kind of a tribute video to his friend, the Macho Man. And he said, I remember SummerSlam 92, we were pounding coffee to see who can get the most jacked up before the match, like hyped up. And you can mm-hmm. tell, they're like, let's fucking oh, yeah. go. Uh, they show a little build up to it. It's got an awesome moment where the Macho Man and the Warrior face to face, like at the podium, Mean Gene Oakland's interviewing him. And the Macho Man's got one of the coolest lines ever, and I think someone should steal it. He's like, Whatever you say, I'm the World Wrestling Federation champion, and you're not! Like, points yeah. into his face, like the intensity of it. Like, that was just a simple line that's awesome. Like, not contrived or anything like that. Every once in a while, you'll get that, you know, with somebody. Maybe a few years ago, Cena and Triple H had a feud. And, you know, Triple H was talking about all this stuff about how this is after their feud in 2006. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, so much has changed, John. Like, things are different now. And seems like, no, nothing's changed. And he basically ends it with, until you beat me, you're nothing. And I like, dropped the mic. I'm like, oh, well, there you go. Triple H never beat Cena before. Yeah. Um, this also had the SummerSlam Spectacular, which was a pay-per-view countdown show that they used to do for big shows. So. It basically would turn primetime wrestling or another, like a Saturday morning show or afternoon show, and do a, a hype show. Mm-hmm. And this main event was the Nasty Boys versus Warrior and Macho Man. They made them team. And they would fight each other. And there was also the Who's Corners, Who Win type of thing. And it, it, it was all, it worked for everything. Sorry about that. I had to take a call really quick. But anyway, the SummerSlam Spectacular, you know, they have this big brawl, Macho Man and Warrior, because they're on the team and they hate each other. But. Anyway, you, I'm not going to go over that. That's not the show. Yeah. So after the match, the Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man are both in the back doing interviews, talking about, you know, oh, you have perfect in your corner, you have perfect in your corner. And Warrior, I still remember this to this day, and I'm sure people who watch maybe do too. When Warrior is inter- being interviewed, 
a piece of his face paint, because pretty much all of it's gone, except for like one clump is hanging over his eyebrow. Mm-hmm. And he wipes that like three times, doesn't get it. And like it drove me nuts watching it as a kid. Yeah. Now, also, that same weekend, it must have been, I was at a carnival, like a town <laughs> carnival. Mm-hmm. And they had face painting. And I got myself the Ultimate Warrior face paint on like a Saturday, went to bed with it still on my face, because yeah. I refused to wash it off. The next day, I had it on again. You know, and, and I was doing like promos in the mirror, the mirror. trying to wipe the, the the thing away from my face, like oh, Macho Man. You know, so that's a memory. Did I you have like the big teeth, like warrior dude, like ha, like no, but teeth. no, but maybe I should have. Yeah. Anything like that? Oh, cool. I, I did not that do a lot. that. Did you? Hell yeah! I would I would do it with soap. Like mm-hmm. I would put soap on my face and I'd yeah. do it in the mirror. I'm like, oh, God. There you go. Maybe you could bring that back. Next time you fight somebody, you're going to sneak it up on them, say, give them a warning, and then give them the Kona Crush um, head give popper. Them a kick to the gut and a clothesline. <laughs> there you go. I'll do one of those wild haymakers that Warrior would do. Like yeah. Bring the arm all the way back and then sock him in the head. So the match starts off, and they're kind of facing off each other, and Warrior says, this is about respect, R-S-P-S-C-T. <laughs> he spells respect <laughs> wrong, which is, I always thought was funny. And you rewound it, too. I'm like, I don't know if he spelt it right. <laughs> no, he definitely spelt it wrong. Uh, this match, again, they start off really hot because they're both amped up, and then it slows down a little bit, which we were like, yeah, this is kind of boring. And then it picks up again when Flair and Perfect come out. Yeah, right. And there's a couple spots that was cool because they make you, they tease, like, who's who's who and who's corner. And well, they hit both it the first time, yeah, because you, you believe that Perfect is in one of their corners. Yes, because they've been advertising that. It's true. Yeah. Um, so they end up hitting both of them. So you're like, ooh, who, that, that's still a mystery. And then there was a part we thought there was a mess up where Warrior goes off the ropes, Perfect goes to grab his ankles, but he missed. We're like, oh, he messed that up. But no, he didn't because Warrior goes the other side of the ropes, Perfect, or Flair hits him with a chair. Yeah. Um, ends up happening is Macho Man ends up losing by count out because Earl Hebner has the fastest 10 count ever. He oh, says, for get, sure, the, yeah. get the show on the right. road here. And then post-match, they flare and perfect beat the hell out of Moshman, go after his knee, Warrior well, comes well, and saves him. That, my favorite part is uh, Savage like comes to, and he's looking around, and Warrior's like laid out. And yeah. Savage's like, I didn't do that. And he's yeah. telling the referees, like, I didn't do that to him. Mm-hmm. The referee's like, well, I don't know. I don't say anything. <laughs> so Savage goes to the top rope, and he doesn't know. you don't know if he's going to do the elbow on a Warrior. Mm-hmm. And in my back of my, I even said it. I'm like, turn around and hit Flair because I forgot that happened. Mm-hmm. So sure enough, <laughs> Savage turns around, jumps off the top, and tries to axe handle, do the double axe yeah. on the Flair. Flair nails him in the knee with a chair. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. With his purple robe. Uh, but yeah, the fast ten count. I'm like, geez, Earl, they're you, they're in a hurry. You can't, you can't do the three count that fast. They got to get timing. Yeah. Post match, Warrior saves him. They, you know, Macho Man does a great job selling his knee. The whole time, mm-hmm. they kind of embrace at the end. Macho Man's the, the champion. Warrior was the winner of the match, though. Uh, next up is Kamala versus The Undertaker. And for some reason, it says this is a casket match on certain websites. Yeah. It's not a casket match. It's a regular match. But Undertaker comes out in a hearse, like a mm-hmm. cool classic hearse. Bobby Heenan says, what an idiot that driver is. He's, on the wrong, he's driving on the wrong side. Yeah. It's England. Ha ha. Funny English joke. Amazing entrance that they use over and over again in clips by The Undertaker's career. The match itself is pretty bad, except for Kamala's backside kicks. You love those. I love them. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, all the different things of, of Undertaker coming out that way. Like, I remember him coming out with, like, a crow. Similar on the back of a hearse. But was there ever a crow he came out with? Or a blackbird? A buzzard, yeah. That's at WrestleMania 9. Okay. Because he comes out in the carriage with a giant, like... Yeah, um, that's that's yes. the other yep. highlight I usually see. I thought I thought it was this one as he's coming out. I'm like, where's that bird? <laughs> Undertaker ends up winning by DQ. And we're like, what the hell? Kamala can't, like, take a pin, brother? Like, right. why is that Kamala putting over the Undertaker here? <laughs> Kamala's too tough for that. Apparently. Uh, next up, we have the Brett Bulldog hype video of what's going on they also have interviews on both of them mm-hmm. yeah now the bulldog seems iffy here like when he's talking and then, and then going back to bret hart's book here's maybe a little bit of why the bulldog would have been iffy again this is from bret hart's book my real life in the cartoon world of wrestling and all summer bret has been trying to get a hold of davy boy to plan the match out and because he knows they're having this huge main event at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And he says, as the summer slipped away, I spent my time training and working on another big cartoon drawing of all the wrestlers, this time for Vince. 
I couldn't help but feel indebted to him. I constantly phoned Davey down in Florida, but all Diana, his wife, who was also in this match, could tell me was that he was out with Jim somewhere. I finally tracked Jim down just hours before I was leaving for England and was shockingly told me that he'd just taken Davey and Diana to the airport. Davey was high as a kite when he caught his flight. Jim said because he'd been up all night smoking crack with him. <laughs> Jim told me Davey had a grill on his back, was worried about him. I wish Jim would take a good look at himself. <sighs> so there you go. Um, when I arrived in London, hundreds of fans poured out to the hotel to chant my name in the streets. I set out to find Davey, but he was off somewhere with Diana and his family. I didn't see him until the required entrance rehearsals at Wembley Stadium the night before the show. When I asked him why he hadn't returned my calls all summer, he wasn't able to look me in the eye. He fessed up that he'd been smoking crack with Jim for weeks and was now terrified. He'd gone back to being the same helpless kid I rescued him from dynamite ten, year, ten years earlier. Trust me, and I'll trust me, Davey, and I'll do all I can to get through tomorrow. Okay? He nodded and sat, and I sat him down for a crash course on our matchmaking and making him recite the moves over and over with me. It was now completely up to me to save our match. So, this match, you know, that ends up this great, great match that ends up happening, I'm sure a lot of people already know this, but it's even more impressive now knowing the condition the Bulldog was in yeah. physically and mentally at the time. You know, Brett was carrying this whole match, and it's a, it's a good match. Um, this is a cool little thing here. Before the show I was to start, I was summoned to a meet and greet with a room full of fans. There was one little boy wearing a Brett the Hitman t-shirt confidently among some of Davey's grown-up grown supporters that I was going to win. As he held his dance hands, he politely asked me whether I'd give him my glasses when I came out. I said, if I could find you, they're yours. Turns out he did find the kid and gave it to him. So that was a pretty cool little nitpick story there. Now, what is up here? Okay, so the only next thing we have here before the main event is Roddy Piper comes out, and they play Scotland the Brave with a bunch of bagpipers. Mm -hmm. Cool little moment. The, the crowd seemed into it. This is like a WrestleMania version of Flo Rida concert. A little right, bit more yeah, classy. Little break. And um, Piper, or Piper's playing with him, and Bobby Heenan goes, look like a bunch of men in skirts playing vacuum cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good stuff there. And they have the match here. Bret Hart comes out second because he's the champion, which I liked. Normally today, hometown guy come out second. Right. Bulldog comes out first. He's got Lennox Lewis with him, heavyweight champion of the world, famous boxer. Gets a giant pop. Bret Hart comes out gets to gets a pretty good pop, too. Um, again, this is something like the WWE production does really good, is the making this seem like a huge deal. The scale and the horns and the entranceway and all that stuff was really, really cool. Yeah. The his Bret Hart talks about the entrance being super long, and he says, "You know, I was I had to be confident." English football horns trumpeted through the crowd, and you could hear horns all the time. Right, yeah. let's go. Um, Hank, and he he found he he found the boy. I think, that, I think that's an England thing, right? Because I don't hear that too much anywhere else. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, I don't really know, but the match starts off pretty well. You know, mm -hmm. pretty good. But a minute into the match, there's a uh, headlock takeover. Brett's got Davy Boy down in the headlock and a side headlock. And Brett, and here's Davy say the famous line to him, Brett, I'm fucked. I can't remember anything. Davy, just listen to me and I'll carry you. So Bret Hart carries the Bulldog for this entire match. Um, what are your thoughts on this match? Like, What are some highlights or what, what, the pacing of it? We've both seen this match a hundred times. It's, I think it's, it gets like the proper praise. Yeah. But if you I, haven't seen it in a while, it's <clears throat> worth it going to look back and watch again. It's a great match, and without knowing any of that kind of stuff, I wouldn't have known that Davey was messed up or Davey forgot stuff. Maybe he was not messed up in the match, but just forgot how the match went. Right. Because he didn't look out of it or anything like that. No. Um, but I really like the match, only because previously, like, Bulldog, to me, was more like a power guy mm -hmm. and going up against, well, I told you earlier, like, against other power beefy guys and they were just slower matches so to see him kind of hang with the hitman and then years later with owen and Shawn michaels stuff like that like he's a good wrestler um but yeah i like the moves crucifix um, you love david Boy's crucifix yeah i loved it like it, it looks so smooth when he does it mm -hmm. i see other people do it i'm like that's bulldog's crucifix <laughs> <laughs> um we need the bulldog in the hall of fame maybe next year we yeah i hope there. so he can come in there. Although Diana, and I don't know who. To, I guess Brett would induct him, but yeah. Um, but the pacing, I, I like the um, 
I don't know, like the what do you call them? Like the rest breaks and the holds yep. and, and the hammer locks and headlocks. Like we got it's a real wrestling match. All well, the classic real, great but, spots. Brett, most, yeah. you know, turnbuckle or sternum first and turnbuckle hits it hard. Oof. He kicks out of the he kicks out of the power power slam. Has a mind fart there, mind fart, brain fart. Uh, Bret Hart gets the sharpshooter, but he does it in like an awkward way. They're both laying down. He, he ties their legs up together, gets yeah. him in it. Crowd's really into this match. And then this finish at the end, it's just a, a roll-up where Bulldog falls down, gets the one, two, three. And the crowd was not expecting it here. Right. It was a I wasn't great, expecting it when I saw and it. You, it's a crazy pop. Like, yeah. oh, my God. You know, and they, everyone's goes nuts when the Bulldog wins this match. And it, it's also the, the same finish to the Cody versus Nick Aldis match at All In. They stole the finish, yeah. brother. And it was a crazy, crazy pop, and I liked it a lot. I loved the finish going back. I'm well, glad. Young Classic, the, um, I forget. Oh, geez. I wish I didn't bring that up. <laughs> There's a wrestler. She does that as a finish. Just and to I, fall forward? I, yeah. Okay, that's a finish? Yeah. Interesting. She got released. I, I wish I, she's got kind of a little bit of a wonky eye, and I forget her name, but. Okay. Well, not important. Yeah. Uh, Matt Jens uh, with Bulldog and Brett in the ring staring at each other. Brett keeps teasing he's going to walk out. And every time he's like, boo. Comes back, boo. Yeah. Comes back, boo. Eventually he comes back in. They hug and embrace. Everyone goes nuts. Diana, Brett's sister, Davy Boy's wife, comes in. They celebrate, and the show goes off the air. With the fireworks blasting off into the sky. And great match. Indeed. Yes, and even even greater now that Brett you know a little bit more about the state of mind that Bulldog was in. Mm-hmm. Overall, what are you going to give this show a letter grade? A to F. Minuses are included as well. Give it a A minus. A minus. I'm going to give it an A minus B plus. I think give it, I'll, I'll round up. I'll be positive. A minus. All right. You know, because <laughs> they're, except for the Nails-Virgil match, you know. But I like Virgil. That's true. There's no real stinkers here on the sh- entire show. <laughs> We got no real stinkers. We got fun stories. I got to hear your story of putting the cone of crush on some kid's head. Uh, Chris Robertson. Yeah. Are you looking him up on Facebook now? No, I don't want to see his face. <laughs> it's disfigured because of all the, the torment you caused him? No, not at all. What if he shows up? <laughs> he's like a guy in Billy I Myers. heard your podcast, you <laughs> son of a... What if he's a wrestling fan? Oh, my God. Oh, that would be the best. Yeah. Send your pictures. Let us know. <laughs> Show us your collection. <laughs> exactly. At PPW Dang Podcast. Us. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I would say two. I'd give it an A minus. I'd give that Bret Hart versus Bulldog match an A plus. So just to come back to that woman, the women wrestler, <laughs> Abby Lath. Okay, is her name. I don't know if you remember her from NXT. Not she really. Wore like the little uh, see-through sarong type thing around her waist because mm-hmm. she's trying to hide her butt. Yeah, I don't really remember her. Oh. Well, there you go. Cool. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah, this was a fun show to watch. It was a fun show to hear stories from. And it's cool going back to watch these old shows and kind of compare to the newer ones. You know, it's, it's interesting because in-ring wrestling-wise, is definitely way better now. Like, the matches are just better. Yeah. But it doesn't it, – it's got to be just a nostalgia thing. It doesn't, like, capture you as much as you, as it did. And it's and it's, it's something to do with the way it's – it's not as tight. It's not as smooth. It's not as shiny. It's not as HD – well, I so, like the stories. Like the only story I'm really invested in is uh, SmackDown, the AJ and Samoa. Like I like that storyline going. Yeah. Like the Becky Lynch and uh, the Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. But Raw, I mean, I fast forward most of it, and it's just nothing really grabs me. Like that'll be a memorable storyline to me. Like mm-hmm. it's a year from now, you can ask me what happened on Raw. I won't remember. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I mean, at the same time, though, there are epic rivalries that are still you'll remember for a while. I think in the current yeah. part, like the Cena AJ sort AJ Styles matches, yeah, are going to be great ones. Yeah, uh, the Seth Rollins, I think his initial title run after he cashed in Money in the Bank, I think that was a good one. All that stuff, you know. I think there's the initial when they, they, yeah, they first of this era. There's definitely they stuff that first, stands yeah, out. they first did the brand split. You know, when Dean was the champion and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. There's stuff that stands out for sure. Yeah. Um, the streak ending, you know, the Charlotte Oscar match, the first women's match at WrestleMania, not the first, but the triple threat match when they yeah. reached the women's title at WrestleMania 32. So that's why, as much as we talk about old stuff on this show, we still do like a lot of new stuff, mm-hmm. too. We still do, and we still try to stay positive about it. So that's probably going to wrap it up for this week, because it's getting late. Not really, but, you know, that's what it is. Got things to do. Things to do. So you got anything <laughs> else, anything you want to talk about or plug or follow or anything, anything people should know about for you? Um, the only thing I got going on is uh, 
this and wrestling. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Guys, make sure you're following us, PPW Podcast. Uh, tweet us, follow, like, subscribe, listen to the show, share them. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, etc. And I, if you, I, us laughing about Eric, you know, sneaking up on some poor kid. Well, while, there's uh, got to be someone. Come on. Everybody tried a wrestling move back in the day on somebody. Yeah, but that's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure there's more brutal ones. Maybe uh, an ECW fan really walloped somebody with with a, uh, um, a lunch tray, <laughs> thinking it was you know going to crack in half like it does on TV. Do you think that before the kid <laughs> was just sitting there? He start... wasn't sitting there. He was standing. <laughs> you heard this. I think you heard this song. I heard it in my head as, as I was wa- I was walking up behind him, like crushed walking down that ramp. I was I was about thirty feet away from him. That's when I started walking, like the Bischoff strut of Starcast. <laughs> I'm walking up behind him. Yeah, put his ass down. All right. We'll end on that note. All right. Thank you everybody for listening. Thanks for all the follows, the likes, the listens. We will see everybody next week.